lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in here today, live and on demand, on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Aaron McIntyre, and Todd Erzin are here with me as well. As are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, Steve, at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for us on platforms that don't have any censorship whatsoever on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Just look for my name there. And again, it's D-E-A-C-E. And then you can look for clips of the show that are both free to watch and free to free of censorship over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's also where you will find yesterday's montage celebrating a COVID Christmas. The full video you will find there if you want to watch it again and again and again and share it with as many as you would like share it with share it with the the Karen in your life it is better to give than to receive after all rumble.com slash Steve Dace show speaking of giving our friends over at Tommy John have continued their Cyber Monday sale well into well Tuesday, today. All right, take advantage, 20% off site-wide, anything that they have there. And I'm telling you guys, it's absolutely the best underwear of all time. It's the only only undies I buy any longer, okay? And they have stuff for the women too. Because my name's not Lindsey Graham, I can't really personally attest to that, okay? But I can tell you stuff that the men wear is really nice, okay? If you want to try it right now, 20% off your first order, at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. I can't give it a better recommendation than when we first started talking about Tommy John, what, back in like 2019, they gave me the first few pairs for free. And since then, I've gone back four or five times and paid for it out of my own pocket. That's how good this product is, all right? 20% off your first order site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. All right, uh, today... We are releasing a brand new book called Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. The idea for this book came out came out of, well, paying attention to uh, what's gone on in the country for the last year. And as I've mentioned before, I, I like to give tips of the cap and homages to books that were hugely influential on me. I mean, if you like this show, things that I enjoy, things that have influenced me. So um, a nefarious plot is an homage to uh, the screw tape letters. A nefarious carol is a tip of the cap to a Christmas carol. And these things are included in the usually the either the content of the book itself or within the foreword of the preamble. I don't, you know, we don't hide from that. Uh, and for this book, um, it is an homage to the Francis Schaeffer classic, The Christian Manifesto. Now, that book, though, is over 40 years old. The challenges we face as a people culturally now are far more systemic. We would look at when that book was published in 1980, in its first publishing, we would go back and and think that the things they were concerned about are trite compared to where we are now. Okay, Things like, um, you, you know, prenatal care that showed you 
what really is a child in the womb and not an unviable tissue mass that inspired movies like Silent Scream, those things were cutting edge back then. We, we have people that literally just shout their abortions now. I mean, we've watched Planned Parenthood people nibble on granola and Caesar salad while, you know, bargaining baby parts. I mean, not to take away from that legacy because, I mean, Schaefer's one of the most pivotal figures of American Christianity in the 20th century. But we're not in the 20th century anymore. We're in the 21st century. And frankly, the way things are trending right now, there are better odds America's not going to see the 22nd century than the other way unless we do something about that. And so what I wanted to do with this book, it's very similar in its approach to Faucian Bargain, in which we just basically took a compilation of everything we had done on an important topic on this show for the past year and put it together into one paperback volume that made it easier to sort of compile and to access and to have at your disposal to go out and win those arguments with your school boards and city councils and your employers, et cetera. We take a similar approach here with Do What You Believe. This is a compilation of all of the various tactical stuff we've talked about from where we are at culturally on this show within the last year. And it is formatted for both individual and group study. Todd was kind enough, as he read through to edit it, was kind enough to supply the the discussion questions at the end of each chapter. All right, so um, we found with Fauci and Bargain doing it this way and just putting it out through Amazon, and I understand that people don't want to give Amazon their money. Unfortunately, you're in a scant minority because 83% of every book in America sold every day is purchased via Amazon. There's just no way for us to do a mass fulfillment for an audience of this size through any other entity at this point other than Amazon.com, unfortunately. So the minute that changes, believe me, we will do it a different way. But right now, that, that way does not yet exist. Um, not for us to be able to put this out for you on paperback for just 15 bucks, as opposed to doing it other ways for hardcover where it might cost you 30 to 40. Okay, so we, th- th- for us, again, I'm going to make like $3 a book on sales here for a $15 book. This is really about the information. And if it takes off like Fauci and Bargain did, we had no idea that that was going to be the number one book in the country. And I'm told that when we get here, we're approaching the end of the year, that it will end up being one of the top 10 best-selling conservative books this year, is what I was just told by our publisher. So the intent with doing it with that model was to just get it out to as many people as we could as fast as we could, because by doing it through fulfillment on Amazon paperback, we don't ever run out of printings. We don't ever get backlogged. We can just order more on demand if we do it this way. All right. So that's why we're going to do it this way with Do What You Believe as well. Winter is coming. It's almost here. It is here in some places. If you're looking for a small group curriculum or things of that nature and you're and you want to get beyond the theoretical, how do we do what we believe? That's what this is all about. It's about doing what we believe because the time is running short when we will be free to believe these things. It will not come with a higher cost than it has in previous eras of Americana. So if we don't want that fate to befall us, we need a plan. And so this was my best attempt as a layman, all right, and a junior college educated one at that, to give some homage to the late, great Francis Schaeffer with an update for the 21st century. So it's available right now. You can get the paperback version. The Kindle version is away, is, is available as well. Aaron just finished the audiobook last week. It should be out by the end of this week over at Amazon, too. All right, so it's called Do What You Believe, 
or you won't be free to believe it much longer. Available and out today. Part of the book's release is my buddy Dan Bongino is going to have me on his radio program today. So I will be breaking away for about 15 minutes here at the top of hour two during fake news or not, but you will be in more than capable hands. That's Todd and Aaron's. That's your segment that you guys basically anchor every week anyway. I've selected the clips for you guys, and you'll break them down and decide whether you think those are fake news or not. Now, Todd, you've had a chance, as of Aaron now, because he's just finished the audiobook. you guys have each had a chance to read through the book. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are you uh, showing once again that as an author, uh, you're as dynamic a presence that is uh, out there uh, these days. I mean, for the last three books you've written to be this one, to be... Uh, which is uh, on uh, political action. The last one with uh, uh, Fauci and Barkin, Bargain, uh, the amount of just raw data analysis in real time that had to be done for that. And then before that, the one that's being made in, into a movie, Nefarious Plot. I, and well, of course, and Carol. It's, um, it, it's amazing, A, just what you're capable of doing. And in a quick, I mean, what is the... How many books in the last five years have you written? So since 2016, um, A Nefarious Plot came out in 2016. Truth Bombs came out in uh, 2018. Um, A Nefarious Carol came out last Christmas. And then the two we wrote this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow, for starters. And B, this uh, this book is... um, Go, chapter after chapter, and I, I don't want you to take for granted when Steve says it's a compilation. He, he doesn't just like re-rack everything that he's done in the past uh, just to make a buck. Uh, it's nice to be able to go back and do all the things that, quite frankly, Steve was seeing way before most people were in this business, and and and, and then putting it back into place for this current time, this current moment, this 11th hour. But uh, he had a chapter outline for this, you know, midway through as I was editing and we were uh, uh, working through it. Uh, I, I think you added two more chapters, mm-hmm. just like you did in Fauci and Bargain afterwards, always thinking through how to make this uh, the most potent. The, the chapter, the name of this book, Do What You Believe, it's... It, it's it's obvious in one sense, but it, it every single chapter helps bring this to life, especially that first word, do. We are in full-on Yoda territory. Do or do not, there is no try. And this book, chapter after chapter after chapter, grabs you by the scruff of your neck and puts, this is why I'm getting excited, you know how much I love this phrase, what are you prepared to do? Right here, right now. He puts it all on the line. What are you prepared to do? I think the one word that best describes the message of this book, and I think you'll see this in towards the later chapters, is balance. You know, the super annoying thing that Steve does when he's given a binary choice and he says the answer is yes, that's kind of this book. Because when we, uh, and I'm, I'm just teasing you about the annoying part. I'm sure it is to some people. but no, It's the, annoying. <laughs> the, the overarching message, yes, we need to be activists. Yes, we need to 
uh, yes, we need to be able uh, to confront when we need to confront. But at the same time, there's another side to this token as well and what we're doing to save what's left of America. And then there's an overall theme that's hit upon at the beginning and then at the very, very end as well that um, that I, I love as well because it really helps us understand that we need to, 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 to act as if it's up to us. But at the end of the day, this is still God's world that we're living in. This is still his creation. We are still under the dominion of an all-powerful God who may have plans despite our best efforts, despite our best, play, uh, our best prayers and, and whatnot that may be different from ours, and that's okay. But I think the overall message of this book, uh, from start to finish, is balance in taking on this culture and trying to save what's left of America. Well, Aaron, thanks again uh, to you for uh, doing the voiceover uh, for the audio version, uh, and Todd, for your editing help and uh, help with the discussion questions uh, at the end. I just thought it was better for somebody who's read it fresh to actually do the discussion questions, because... What are, the, what are the questions that reading each chapter prompts? And I thought you did a fantastic Thank job. Thank you. It with was that. fun. So, available now if you want to get it for 15 bucks. It's $15.99, actually. Uh, it's at Amazon debuting today. Do what you believe, or you won't be free to believe it much longer. All right. I already mentioned fake news or not next hour. Also for Pop Culture Tuesday, I have some thoughts on the new Ghostbusters movie, Afterlife. We will discuss that. Uh, at the bottom of next hour, at the bottom of this hour, a conversation that a lot of you in this audience, there's two people a lot of you in this audience have requested we get on this show. We have tried to get one of them, RFK Jr. We have gotten nowhere with him. The other name that many of you requested was Del Bigtree, all right, from the Informed Consent Action Network. He is going to join us at the bottom of this hour for that conversation by demand all right your your wishes your demands are what we seek to fulfill within reason of course uh, on this show so i'm also uh, interested in this conversation i want to talk to him as well and we will do that here at the bottom of the hour but before we get to all of that here is aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away what happened while we were away brought to you by the dastardly Dr. Fauci, high priest of the Branch Covidian cult and the most dangerous bureaucrat in American history. It seemed for a little while like Dr. Fauci was maybe being shunted aside. He wasn't out there as much as he was last year. Things have changed in the past few days. He's come back with a vengeance. Anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous. Fauci is now continuing his open partisanship. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. (laughs) I have to laugh at that. I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? (laughs) Fauci also continues to cast doubt on the notion COVID-19 wasn't created in a lab with his funding. Back then, you had an infection that emerged uh, almost certainly out of animal reservoir to a... I mean, the bats there all have viruses that when you... the, The more you study bats there... 
the more you see how close some of the viruses are to SARS-CoV-2. Beijing acknowledges now that they don't think it originated in that market. Well, it may not have originated in the market, um, but it certainly could have. As the concocted newest emergency in the COVID world continues to foment in the Omicron variant, which was originally detected in November of last year, by the way, the push for vaccinating everything that moves grows as the CDC is now encouraging all adults to get their COVID booster shots due to the aforementioned variant. In completely unrelated news, the CDC is reporting an 85% increase in excess deaths year over year in people aged 65 and older. Last year, the U.S. had a little over 58,000 excess deaths among seniors. This year, it's almost 108,000 excess deaths. A federal court has put a stay on the Biden vaccine mandate via the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services in 10 states. In addition, the Biden administration is urging federal departments to hold off taking action against unvaccinated federal workers until next year. Checking in on New Zealand, where the state is now allowing you to use the bathroom. You can now see family and friends again in their homes and use the bathroom inside luxury. And finally, this from comedian Ryan Long. My name is Dustin and I hate big pharmaceutical companies, except for Pfizer. You know, I did go to Occupy Wall Street. Now I'm a little more concerned with occupying a space in my tattoo sleeve with my new Pfizer tat. Pfizer. You Pfizer? You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good? Yeah. Oh yeah, I watched the Martin Screlly doc and it pissed me off what he did raising those prices. What an ethical company does is take money from the government to make the product, have the government force people to buy the product, get the government to pay for your commercials, then print money to subsidize it. If you asked me a couple years ago, I wouldn't have thought that I'd be wearing a big pharmaceutical company's t-shirt, but you know, Pfizer's just different, you know what I mean? They're not like other companies. So they had to pay a couple dollars back in the day for fraudulent marketing. Yeah, it's called faking it till you make it. Obviously their haters are coming out of the woodworks now that they're on top. Yeah, my pronouns are Pfizer. I'd say about 50% of my identity is that I hate pharmaceutical companies and 50% of my identity is that I love Pfizer. Maybe I'd get Pfizer shaved in my head, sort of like black guys do with Nike. Do not get me started on fast food corporations unless you got a minute. Companies like McDonald's won't even pay people a living wage. You know, whereas a real company like You Know Who paid some of their employees like Alan Borla about $21 million last year. So yeah, take notes, McDonald's. 21 million for one employee. They didn't have to do that. You a Pfizer guy or? Pfizer, man, yeah. Pfizer? I got, I got the booster, too. Are you going to get a second or third booster or just the one? No, I'm going to continue to roll up. You might do the shot. fourth? I'm hoping to get the five. Yeah. Respect, bro. And that's what happened while we were away. And the guys... Behold the magic of vaccines! And the guys wearing a mask outside. Outside. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Keeps. All right. Do not ignore my advice when it comes to hair loss prevention. All right. Check out Keeps. They offer the doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment. But here's why they have more five-star reviews than all of their other competitors. First of all, they offer you the generic versions to save you up to 50% each and every time. Second, they offer you great convenience. Everything's done online. You snap a few pics of your hair, answer a few easy questions, and then a licensed physician reviews your info and recommends the right treatment for you. But then they also throw in even more savings to get you started half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S, for keeps.com slash grow. Again, that's keeps.com slash grow. All right. Let's get to the montage. And 
I'm just going to do quick takes on the first five things in Aaron's montage, and then I'm going to hand it over to you guys to um, react, respond, questions, comments, or insults, okay? Um, number one, what you saw in the Fauci clips there, the, that's sociopathic. I mean, he, the only thing he forgot to say was, um, I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti, okay? And that guy would have been charged with treason under threat of capital punishment by every previous generation of this country by now. Two, um, I told you months ago, you're not signing up for a one-time jab to save a job or take a vacation or just get it past you. You are signing up to be a human test subject in an ongoing real-time trial with experimental substances we have never mass-injected into human beings before. Our buddy Jordan Schachtel tweeted out about an hour ago that if it weren't for COVID, Moderna would literally not have a business. I saw him respond to a guy, you act like Moderna would have no other products if it weren't for COVID. Uh, that's actually true. They had never successfully brought a product to market before, before the Trump administration gave them a billion dollars to develop a COVID vaccine. They'd never successfully brought a product to market before, ever. Ever. They were 0 for 9, guys. 0 for 9. And the ninth was the first one they actually were able to get to the human trial phase. That was just shortly before COVID became a thing, and it failed there. 0 for 9. Moderna had never brought a product to trial. Or to market, I should say. So these boosters are going to go on and on and on, even while they're admitting to you. WHO said it yesterday. Fauci actually said this yesterday. We're actually seeing evidence that this new variant uh, may uh, escape our boosters. You are signing up to be a human test subject. That's what you're signing up to be. I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be on my buddy Dan Bongino's show here at the top of the next hour for a few minutes to talk about the new book. Um, I don't know how many of you know this. It could, I'll mention it now that it's public. Dan had a breakthrough COVID infection and a bad one. He got vaccinated right away. He's a cancer survivor. I mean, he's taking ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, monoclonal antibodies. He's, taking, he's doing the full Rogan right now, okay? And 36 hours ago, he wasn't sure he was going to be able to do the show on Monday. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Dan. He looks a little healthy. Fair? Yes. Yeah. He looks a little healthy. Okay. Healthy guy in his 40s, fully vaccinated, and it took him down over the weekend. The guy who did the roof on our house this summer, again, guy in his 40s, he's a roofer. Think he might be healthy? Yeah. He's in pretty good shape. Yeah. Yeah, he texted me over the weekend, over Thanksgiving weekend. He was on day 11 of fighting these symptoms. Day 11. And I got him hooked up with Dr. Molly James over at IvermectinKen.com to get him some treatment right away over the weekend. So you're signing up to be an ongoing test subject 
with experimental substances that, frankly, their efficacy is really not even known. We don't really know. The best that they performed in real time was earlier this year between the northern and southern seasonality when we had the least amount of need for them. The numbers were great in April and May. I agree, they were. I was telling you at the time the numbers were great in April and May. But it was also in between the two seasonalities. These things fell apart with the Sunbelt seasonality and the ascension of Delta. Absolutely just fell apart. So we have no idea what their efficacy is. We have no idea how long. Even if they, even if they reboost the efficacy ratio with every booster, you don't know with every new variant how long that will last. Well, you have to get these in weeks next time, in days. We don't know. We don't know. No one knows. Which means every time you take one of those injections, you multiply your risk assessment. I'm not here to tell you to do it or not to do it. I'm just here to give you the best information. You're an adult. You make your own decisions. But I'm going to give you the adult information that most of the adults in charge, since they're cultural Marxists, aren't giving you. Next, what is the benign, innocent explanation for this sudden increase in senior deaths a population that is 98% vaccinated in America. What is the benign, innocent explanation? Uh-oh. What is it? Does anybody have one? You Some, hate grandma. Somebody, somehow, somebody threw at me on Twitter. Well, it's, you know, we, it, the boomer, it, that's why they were called boomers. We had a population boom, right? Okay. The boomer generation is dying. Did they just start dying in 2020? They might. Was, was, was the boomer. Somebody's actually tried to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Was the boomer, were they dying in 2018? Any boomers die in 2016, 2015, 2014? The boomers just started. Boomer deaths just began to coincide with March of 2020. Okay. All right. That, I don't think that explanation checks out. It would be benign Don't and attack the science, Steve. I don't think it's accurate, but it would be benign and innocent. Okay. But I just don't think it's accurate. Um, this is now 0 for 2 in federal courts with the Biden vaccine mandate. The more we can punish this thing, the more we can beat it up before it does eventually get to SCOTUS, the better. This one is vital because it went after their attempt to backdoor their mandate through Medicare and Medicaid. And then finally, they can see our resistance to this is going to be firmer than they thought. Remember, the system doesn't ever offer you something you don't already have. So the fact that they are saying right now that they're not going to enforce it for now means that they couldn't enforce it for now. That you have largely, you and I have largely made this unenforceable. So they're going to buy they're going to buy some time and get get past the holidays and Christmas and then see what the mood is like in January. Finish. We have to finish here doesn't matter what month they attempt to bring these back. The answer is hell no. Or your Greece. Greece announced today, what is it? Uh, I don't A lot of money. Anybody over 60 who does not agree to be forcibly vaccinated, hefty fines. Germany announced and Austria announced today they're going to be forcibly vaccinating the entire population. Those countries have any history with authoritarianism? I can't remember. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. So if you're not... If you are not an armed citizenry, you are not a free citizenry. All right, gentlemen, the floor is yours. 
Yeah, there's a a couple tweets uh, from, and it's it, it's instructive that it's from the right of center crowd. I mean, everybody would argue if I'm not gonna, I won't name the names, but everybody would argue oh, they're not really right. Well, they're 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 part of what people have th- long thought of the right, and they are still. You see the montage we do day after day after day. You see what Steve has written about, as we just documented, month after month after month. But they're still, one of them is talking about how dare you uh, uh, compare uh, trying to make people uh, healthy across the world uh, with the Nazis. When if you look at the news across the world, like in Australia, they're like, oh, there you can use the bathroom again, good little boy. It's, it's really it. It's out of bounds to be talking about how this happens. And then another uh, mom just oh I I just just gave my kids the second jab and my booster is coming. I yes the tide turned with some legal results, but the tide hasn't turned holistically. You must fight day in and day out. Correct. Del Bigtree is going to join us from the Informed Consent Action Network. An interview many of you requested, and you're going to get it here when we return. Don't forget, you can still get... You missed the big savings yesterday with Cyber Monday, but you can still get your typical 15% off with the promo code DACE, my last name, D-E-A-C-E, when you go to Built.com for Built Bar, the absolute best protein bar of all time. They've got some brand new flavors out. The Ruby Chocolate Built Bar Puff, that's their marshmallow protein bar variation. It is absolutely incredible. I mean, I cannot believe how good it is. Lemon, if you're a cheesecake fan, like our like our buddy Todd over here, lemon cheesecake, white chocolate cheesecake. These are new flavors. They've just debuted at Built Bar, one of the official protein bars for the U.S. Olympic team earlier this year. You've never had a better protein bar not loaded with calories. In fact, most of them are 130, 40 calories or less. Uh, not loaded with carbs. Most of them are five carbs or less or sugars, five to six grams of sugar per less or less, uh, but they are loaded with protein and packed with flavor. You're going to think it's a candy bar, but it's not. It's just the best protein bar anybody's ever made. And it's easy on the tummy. Can I say that? Is that okay to say? You did. I just did. All right. All right, go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T for Built Bar. Get 15% off with the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, at built.com. Well, this is an interview that many of you on the program have requested over the last few months, and today... Uh, your wish will be fulfilled. Dell Bigtree is here with us from the Informed Consent Action Network. Dell, my name is Steve Dace. It is a pleasure to have you with us here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Man, how are you? Uh, Steve, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. I want to start, for people that may be unfamiliar with you, with your background, making this transition where you worked in Hollywood, uh, I believe as a producer, as a as a screenwriter, and now you're into this form of really the most taboo form of activism that you can do in the Western Hemisphere right now, 
So so how did you go, Dell, from let me go into Hollywood, the most successful industry in probably the entire Western Hemisphere for uh, creating friends and influencing people to joining the flat out dark side? Did you, did you just have were Christmas is too crowded at the Dell house? You <laughs> wanted fewer friends, fewer gift uh, recommendations and obligations. What prompted this, Dell? You really haven't lived until you've been attacked by mainstream media and find yourself in headlines. I've even had headlines reporting on my hemorrhoids, which I think is a good <laughs> sign that I've done something right in my life. Um, you know, the background is I was a producer uh, first for the Dr. Phil show at CBS. Then he created the medical talk show, The Doctors. I was a part of the team that helped develop the first ever sort of uh, uh, medical talk show in The Doctors. I was with that show for six years. I won an Emmy Award celebrating the best that science and medicine has to offer. I absolutely loved that job. Uh, great team of people. You know, it was, it was amazing celebrating just great surgeons, great new techniques, technologies, and things like that. But while I was um, working there, if you, there was about seven producers. I was one of seven producers that would crank out about seven episodes every single week. Um, and if you ask the company lawyer, you know, who cost uh, the, the doctors more money, it was probably me. I tended to do um, more challenging stories, especially any time there was industry that I thought was making billions of dollars and claiming to be saving people's lives. I'm always a little bit skeptical, so I would investigate in those things. And so I did shows, for instance, when the World Health Organization had ruled that glyphosate, which is the toxic chemical in Roundup, the herbicide we spray on our gardens and is sprayed on 90 percent of our crops, in America when the WHO ruled that it was probably carcinogenic to human beings, which is the second highest cancer rating there is just below does cause cancer. Um, I had I did a show where I brought in the head of toxicology for Monsanto, Donna Farmer, and then uh, a GMO activist named Jeffrey Smith that had written a lot of books about glyphosate. I had a debate on the show. So in many ways, I was sort of pushing daytime talk uh, into an uncomfortable place. That's what I did. Um, and in doing that, I had a lot of sources inside the CDC, the FDA, all over the world that would share stories with me because they knew what my interests were. And so for those reasons, I had a scientist and a doctor that I'd worked with on a previous show come back to me and say, Dell, remember when we had that conversation about vaccines and autism and you said the doctor's television show would never cover that topic? Uh, because they believe that vaccines don't cause autism. I said, yeah, I remember when we had that conversation. And I had said to him, look, that's the stance of the show. But if you're one of these doctors or scientists that's looking at that issue all the time and some big sea change happens in that conversation, certainly let me know. I'd be interested in it. Um, and so that's what he did. He said, well, uh, there is a whistleblower at the CDC named Dr. William Thompson that's come forward and is going to say that they're committing scientific fraud in the vaccine safety studies inside the CDC. And specifically, he's talking about an MMR, that's the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine and an autism study done around that vaccine between 2000 and 2004. So I went to my executive producers. I pitched to them that I've got a, a lead on what might be the biggest medical story in my lifetime. If vaccines actually do cause autism and the CDC has been hiding it, I would love to investigate that. But as it turns out, when you work, as you said, for the most 
uh, popular uh, family-friendly group of buddies in Hollywood that all work for Pharma and Exxon and everything else, uh, there's certain stories you cannot cover. You certainly cannot cover a story that makes the CDC look bad or claims that a product made by Merck, which is one of our sponsors for the doctor's television show, that that MMR vaccine may be causing autism. So I was told I couldn't uh, do that story. I wasn't surprised by that, but over the course of time, I continued to investigate it, and I ended up making a documentary called Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe, which laid out um, really about three or four hours of these confessions made by a whistleblower inside the CDC. You provided 10,000 documents showing what had been destroyed by the CDC to hide evidence of a causal, at least, and perhaps, you know, uh, relationship between the MMR vaccine and autism. You could say a correlation. Causation might be going too far. What the movie proves, though, is that the CDC believed they were seeing a correlation, a very strong correlation between the MMR vaccine and autism, and they manipulated the study, committed scientific fraud by kicking half the kids out of the study in order to manipulate the numbers to hide from the public that there appeared to be a real issue with the MMR vaccine and autism. That film... I think is credited with igniting this firestorm around vaccine safety around the world and then catapulted me out of television. Uh, I was never going to probably work there again since I had gone against Pharma, one of the number one sponsors of all of television. And so because of that, I now have my own talk show on the Internet called The High Wire uh, at thehighwire.com. And I also have a nonprofit that is investigating all vaccines and all you know, pesticides, herbicides, anything that we believe is poisoning people and could be made better. So your experience working in the, I guess we'd call it infotainment, if you don't mind me saying that, and that's kind of what I do yep. to some extent. I mean, if this is boring, no one cares what my opinion is, right? right. Your, your experience in the infotainment industry kind of taught you to sniff out a BS narrative or to at least uh, know when your spidey sense was tingling and what, what exactly that meant. I've gone through that experience myself quite a bit here. From the moment I read the Imperial College original doomsday model on March 16th of yeah. last year, and so I come from the political world, modeling, polling, statistical sampling, data analysis, messaging, that's my background. And okay. I, I knew right away that that model was garbage. Because it just its 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 premise and conclusions was completely incongruent. It couldn't back up a lot of its assertions. A lot of, at best, I thought it was pin the tail on the donkey, even if it wasn't just completely just done with an agenda behind it. And that opened the door for me doing a lot of skepticism where COVID has been concerned from the very beginning on this show. And one of the things that has troubled me the most is this is this continue ignoring or attempt to treat with disdain natural immunity. Last year, yeah. last year, Dell, I chalked it up to maybe this was tacit admission that the virus is not of a natural origin. So they are not sure what natural laws or laws of precedent in biology and virology and immunology apply. And they don't want to say that yet. And it's not scientifically safe to say that yet. But this is kind of passive aggressive admission. Well, for the last six months, we've openly admitted that the, now that the virus and plight company, the virus may be of an unnatural origin. And yet the ongoing dismissal, despite over 100 studies I've seen worldwide, including one just out of Cutter that was in the New England Journal of Medicine three days ago, uh, they continue to diss natural immunity. What is the benign, innocent explanation for this other than we just want to control everybody's health care and put you on the regimen we want you on instead? 
Well, I mean, certainly what you just said is really a part of the agenda. It's something that I was warning people of. My investigations, obviously, my film released in 2016. I've been on a five-year investigation of vaccines, origins, how the safety testing was done. And I've been warning audiences as I've traveled the world, uh, saying that they want a forced vaccine agenda for every adult and every child in the world. They want us all being injected on a constant basis. That agenda overrides whatever level of quality they have in a brand new vaccine like we're seeing or the danger or assumed danger of a virus. Now, you're absolutely right. The, the imperial model was a disaster. He refused, Neil Ferguson refused to show his data. But when it comes to natural immunity, this is, I think, one of the greatest lies and one of the most dangerous um, you know, sort of positions our government has ever taken on. We know scientifically for a fact that there has never been a vaccine that works as well as the immunity, the naturally acquired immunity that comes from having a natural infection. In fact, all vaccines have always been attempting to mimic mm -hmm. what our bodies do in nature perfectly well. Most in most circumstances, our bodies are able to give us lifelong immunity after one infection of measles or chicken pox or mumps or things like that. No vaccine has ever achieved that. That's why we're giving two MMR vaccines uh, to children. They're talking about a third in college. And there's two more MMRs in the adult schedule that most people haven't gotten. And that's one of the reasons I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds, but it's the fact that the adults aren't coming back to get their vaccines. That is why the WHO, the C CDC, the NHS in England have all come together to say we need a pandemic to scare adults into the vaccine program because they don't realize their vaccines have worn off and now they're vulnerable. So that's a huge part of this agenda. But to take your point a step further, natural infection is proving in, I think, over 50 studies now around the world, very robust studies, natural immunity is far more effective than vaccine immunity. In fact, natural immunity appears to last almost forever. At least it's been lasting as long as we've been tracking it since the beginning of COVID. People that got infected in the beginning of COVID are still immune to any variant there is. Doesn't matter if it's Delta, Omicron, Beta, you know, or anything in the future right now, that natural immunity is robust and it is diversified so that it can handle any variant. That is not true for the vaccine, and every study is now showing us that. We keep hearing about breakthrough infections. We now know that the vaccine, the antibodies, are wearing off as much as 50% within the first uh, six to 10 weeks. That's a horrible outcome. That's why we're hearing about boosters. So while the vaccine is failing, while we're bringing out more and more boosters, and we've all been watching Israel, the most vaccinated nation in the world, now being banned from flying because they have one of the highest infection rates in the world is becoming clear to everybody with a brain that the vaccine does not work. It does not stop infection. It does not stop transmission. Therefore, it does not do what we've all believed vaccines should do. On the other hand, my nonprofit, the Informed Consent Action Network, petitioned the CDC and we demanded to see all of the evidence that they had that a naturally infected person who caught COVID and then recovered from it could catch COVID again and then spread it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. We wanted to know, you know, how many times it had happened. The CDC responded to us and it went viral when we put it out that they knew of not one single case of a naturally immune person catching it a second time and giving it to someone else. And they went a step further to say they are not tracking that data at all. 
That should be shocking to everybody that they have no they've no concern whether or not naturally infected people are walking around and and maintaining their immunity and therefore truly representing herd immunity. And even more disturbing is that the naturally immune are being treated like the second class citizens compared to vaccinated people. They're being told they have to mask at times where vaccinated don't. They have to test when vaccinated don't. Yet the naturally immune have a far more robust and effective immunity. So they should be, if they were going to go ahead and create a class system, which I'm totally against, at the pinnacle, the top of that class system should be mm -hmm. naturally immune because they are the only ones delivering true herd immunity on this planet right now. And they may be our only hope of getting through this pandemic. I've only got about a minute here. Um, and we definitely want to have you back in the future. But you had a chance okay. recently to talk to, to Geert Vandenbosch. Tell our audience yes. who that is. And can you give us one quick big takeaway from that conversation? Geert Van den Bosch's point is very clear. We have never mass vaccinated the entire world at the same time, that this is going to result in a diabolical scientific disaster, that the vaccine is pressuring the virus to create more and more, you select for more and more dangerous variants. Omicron may not be it, but in the future, if we keep vaccinating children, adults, and everyone on the planet, his concern is that we will eventually create a dominant strain of the virus that will be able to get around every vaccine and we'll start wiping out gigantic parts of our population. He is stressing that we remove the pressure, that we stop vaccinating everybody, just vaccinate those that are in high, uh, you know, are at high risk and use treatments and other protocols for those that have a very low risk. Remember that even after Imperial College, it was so off, we now know that the survival rate of COVID-19 is 99.997% for zero to 18 year olds and 90 99.97% uh, for most adults under the age of 65. So we're talking about a nothing burger. Be healthy, take your vitamins, and if you find you get sick, I would recommend that you look to a doctor that can bring you ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, and all these drugs that are showing to be incredibly successful around the world. I did an incredible interview with Geert Van den Bosch, world-renowned expert on the High Wire the week before Thanksgiving. Go to thehighwire.com. It is a mind-blowing interview. I think it may be one of the most important interviews I've ever done in my life. All right, man. I'm going to check it out. So thank you for joining us. We thank definitely you. want to have you back. Thank you for being here. And Merry Christmas. Take care. All right. God bless. Merry Christmas. Take care. All right. Uh, you are you have home, home homeowners do, 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 do. you have homeowners insurance I used to say when I knew English uh, because of things like floods or uh, natural disasters or maybe even a blur burglary to keep you covered to stop from uh, your home being your best asset to causing you bankruptcy but you know why you need uh, to look out also you know I'm a little verklempt after that interview that guy gave me a lot to think about told you All right yeah so uh this is why you want to look out for what is called home title fraud this is where they go online make it look like you have sold your home to them so they can liquidate all of that equity and it can take a lot of money to prove that the fraud was committed against you and you're not the fraudster. Get help from our friends at Home Title Lock. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Hour two is next.
Welcome back to the Steve Dace Show. I am not Steve Dace. Steve had to step out for a moment. Another interview with Dan Bongino, which will remind you there are very few occasions where Steve would leave even for a little bit his own show to appear on another. Dan just happens to be one of those people. So Steve will be back here in about 10 to 15 minutes. In the meantime, it's myself, Aaron McIntyre, along with Todd Erzin as well. We'll be steering the ship, hopefully around icebergs or not aground or anything like that. We'll be steering the ship until he returns. Uh, If you would like to re-listen to that interview, that uh, fantastic interview we just had with Del Bigtree of Informed Consent Action Network, you can do that. Uh, Find it later today on our Rumble page, rumble.com. Just search for Steve Dace. You can also find find it on the podcast, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, While you're there, be sure to give us a five-star review. That really helps us out. Write a review if you like our show. If you don't like our show... Uh, don't say anything at all. That that would be that would be much appreciated. Uh, before we get going with uh, fake news or not, Todd, I have a quick uh, question for you. Let's go. Uh, who do the Badgers play this weekend? Anyway, uh, fake news or not. So you give the guy a little bit of power, and we helped him by losing. Get in to the game that he gets to play in this weekend, but that's, that's okay. That's you, just you guys, Iowa fan right there. You guys that's have okay. you guys have been there. You guys, thank you though for that. That was that was amazing. I actually got to watch the Minnesota Wisconsin game. That was a lot of fun. It is time for fake news or not. Steve selected a, a hodgepodge, a variety of uh, clips from around basically uh, cable news, mainstream news, and uh, a couple of clips from Fox as well. It's now up to Todd and I to determine if these clips are fake news or not. First, we'll begin with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. More Americans have died from COVID in 2021 than died in 2020 before there was a shot. There were 362,000 deaths from COVID last year. So far this year, there have been 414,000 deaths. Overall, the United States has the highest number of COVID deaths of any country on the planet by far. So we gave up everything to fight COVID. We gave up our economy, our culture, our health. We literally stopped educating our own children. We did all of this in order to lower COVID deaths. And yet COVID deaths went up anyway, and they went up dramatically. So the obvious question is, how is this working? On the basis of the most simple numbers, it's not. In fact, it looks like the greatest public policy failure of all time. Todd, fake news or not? Uh, Not fake news. It's as true as any news that is currently out there. Uh, it again, it's there, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, from Fauci and bargain, uh, in a lot of ways, you, you have to connect multiple dots, uh, still to this point. Uh, t- but this one that Tucker's bringing up is a one plus one equals two. You, you said this would work based on any obvious standard to, you know, a child. It's not working. Not, so why are we not only doing it, why are we doing it with such passion and vigor and maliciousness? So, and secondly, I, I am absolutely convinced that there is a fan of the Steve Day Show working for Tucker Carlson, or there's just such a mind meld going on, because and I, there, there's, there's no jealousy whatsoever, 
but they are always like within five days saying the exact same thing that we have said perhaps we could say it quicker because like we said we don't do show prep (laughs) we just we we stay up to speed we say what we think that's a much bigger machine moving on over there but god bless tucker carlson for continue to doing that because he has been invaluable I, I agree. It's undeniably fake news. I would I would tweak it a little bit. I would say it's undeniably the biggest acute public policy failure of all time. Acute meaning in a relatively short amount of time. Look at the damage that's been done. I don't think there's any debate about that, Todd. But to throw it back to you again without trolling you about uh, Wisconsin football, put you on the spot again. If this is the greatest public acute public policy failure of all time, what do you think is number two? And is it even even close? Oh. I mean, you, I think, the, I, I, don't, I don't know that there is an acute, under that definition that I just gave you, I'm not sure it, if there is an acute public policy I think, failure. This, I think this might just be in a class all on its own. Not to may, diminish it, but just on its own. I think, heck, just in terms of public policy, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, ultimately uh, slavery, uh, the, the natives, uh, things along uh, those lines. But we were we were not talking in those instances. We know the human heart and the level of malice that that's not unique to America. Other times in history, those mistakes, while vile, have been made. But here. We're supposed to be the people of reason and science. We're just supposed to follow the numbers and the data. This is not supposed. This is the kind of things, Aaron, that the enlightened promised us would rise above the things that laws leads to the grotesque policy failures of the past. And here we are with you making the correct assessment that has anything even rivaled this and i think the answer is no because of their own standard it's supposed to simplify things it's supposed to clarify and if we actually were using uh our hearts minds uh that god gave us to do that it would have and it would have a long time ago but the cult is only growing stronger because of their the idol that they've made about their standard. And it's no longer a compliment tr- to truth. It's no longer an accessory to truth. And therefore, yes, I think you're right. The evil can endure all the more. Yeah, the the enlightenment and uh, the Judeo-Christian roots of Western civilization, obviously slavery, uh, things of that nature, occurred on its watch, but it was also those roots... That helped reverse those trends. Slowly but surely, though, over the course of the last century, century and a half, slowly but surely, we have uh, evolved into these people of reason and science, and it's culminated with this. It's culminated with this. That leaves you scratching your head. Speaking of reason and uh, science, here's Joe Biden. Lockdowns off the table. Is yes, for now. Yes. Why, why is that? Well, because we're able to, if people are vaccinated and wear their masks, there's no need for lockdown. So, um, My last question. Go, yes, going on from, from that question, uh, we've got the Christmas period coming up. So going on, if people 
get vaccinated and wear their mask, there's no need for a lockdown. Fake news or not. Um, am I supposed to take that seriously? I mean, it's obviously, it's, I mean, the whole premise, the whole premise is, is the fakest of fake news. The whole premise is that lockdowns work. The pr- whole premise is that lockdowns can take the place of masks or vaccines when none of those three things actually work. In fact, there is a great deal more evidence that they do more harm than good, at least two of those three, if not all three. I mean, um, what I think is happening here, this is crazy voices time again. Yeah, I like it. What I think is happening here with the Omicron or Omicron or Omicron or Ultron, whatever, whatever variant we're on today I think what's happening here is that they, as Steve said in the first hour, they're realizing that there's more of a resistance to these vaccine mandates than they originally anticipated. The humans are an unruly lot, not able to be, uh, not able to be uh, uh, wielded, not able to be, uh, to, to be brought to their knees, or at least here in America, there is still a remnant, a large enough remnant of us that are not being not not being intimidated by these threats of losing their job and I don't think they anticipated quite as much resistance as they have received so how do you keep the grift going how do you keep the power stealing that that the tyrannical edict going you can concoct another another variant another scariant as i mentioned in the montage todd uh and this is going to be brought up here in a couple of minutes the Omicron was discovered back and detected back in November of 2020. Right. It's not new. Again, we'll get to more of that later in a later clip. So here's what I think is happening. They detected more, they detected more resistance to these vaccine mandates than they anticipated. And now either either they are going to punish us with a lockdown or attempt to or attempt to on a national level punish people with lockdown. Or this is just a gateway for punishing us in some other way, for getting in their way. Now, Todd, I know what your response to his him is going to be. Is my crazy voice fake news or not? Oh, uh, your crazy uh, voice is uh, not remotely uh, fake news. Hardly ever your crazy voice or our crazy voices are uh, fake news. Those They're the most salient ones. Uh, that there are. I mean, listen, you can't, I told you yesterday, Africa, you know, no one cared about Africa. This was a a, a first world elitist scam Mm -hmm. all the way along. No one gave a damn. No one was rushing vaccines there. And then lo and behold, two years into this thing with uh, 6% of the continent vaccinated, they're doing just fine. They're another Sweden. They're another Florida. But and 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 they're uh, showing no doubt that this this uh, variant that look that that word was more than any word made to be the ooga booga booga like just its mere existence it had to be worse which actually defies all known science before this they don't get worse variants get better they may be more contagious but they're less they're, they're less. Uh, uh, infectious in terms of uh, how much they, they can hurt you. That That is the nature of things. That's why the human race still exists, because we didn't have vac- vaccines, but we did have viruses for most of human existence. 
So here we are looking Africa in the face. That was not going to stand. And we they needed uh, another monster in the closet. And here we are. Switching gears. Here's Jen Psaki on Waukesha. And then last one. Since the president said that this administration is monitoring the situation in Waukesha closely, it has been revealed by prosecutors that the assailant, the assailant swerved his truck side to side as part of an intentional act to run over as many people as possible. Six people are dead. Some children remain hospitalized. Why hasn't the president visited the members of this Christmas parade attack? Well, I would say first, um, as you saw the president convey last week, our hearts go out to this community, to the people in Waukesha, that we've been in touch, obviously, with officials there, and we're all watching as people are recovering, and this is such a difficult time of year for, for this to happen. It's a difficult any time. Uh, obviously, any president going to visit a community requires a lot of assets, requires taking their resources. And he can't visit because it requires too many assets and resources, fake news or not. You know what? I'll say not, because that woman is as vile as they come. I loathe her. I truly do. But that's way closer to the truth than most things she says. I, a president, no matter what the who the president is, genuinely has a lot to do, a lot of things to juggle. Uh, this is a, how much do you inject yourself? Yeah, pudding in the morning, ice cream in the afternoon. That's a lot of stuff. No, to- no I'm not. I'm not. I'm, my point is not to run cover for Joe Biden. I think you all know that. But that woman lies with vigor every single day. I, I'm just saying that. I, I think if you really think about it, that is actually closer to the truth than most things she says. Yeah, I uh, I'm calling fake news Good. on that because it's it's uh, it's just it's actually another example of this. You know, if I don't want to be the stereotypical conservative media. Well, if the rules were reversed, we know what the answer would be. Well, yeah, that's just another example. If it was a white driver who plowed into um, uh, a parade predominantly made up of of black people, if everything was reversed, you know, oh. uh, the next morning Joe Biden would bring all federal resources at his disposal I can't to that. Argue with a bit so of that. that's just as vile of a lie as she's ever told. So I, I, I agree it. though. I agree. I, I was telling this to Steve weeks ago because of the deftness and the pride that Jen Psaki takes in lying and the Jacinda Ardern wannabe smile that, uh, that uh, feces eaten grin on her face almost all of the time as she tells lie after lie after lie just, yeah. just lie. I, I get numb to it. Yeah. I get numb to it. It's like the lying, just the the daily lie version of the the Russian collusion narrative. I've always been Russian collusion, and that story that broke a couple of weeks ago. That's like a Tuesday to me now. When three or four years ago, any person, maybe if your name is not Dan Bongino or somebody else who was deep into this to to begin with, you would have never imagined that the truth of that situation was what it turned out to be. This is the same thing. I just get numb to, to this. And, and I, I don't know who to be more mad at my, myself for getting numb to this or her for just, I mean, she she takes pride 
in lying. Speaking of lying, here is outgoing NIH Director Francis Collins. What we know is that this is a variant that has a lot of mutations, more than 50 of them, I think the highest number so far. And we know that it is spreading quite rapidly in South Africa, so it probably is highly contagious. We don't know whether it causes severe disease or mild disease. That's going to take a little while to sort out because it's still early days. We've only really known about this for about five days, and a bunch of us spent our whole Thanksgiving weekend talking to people mm -hmm. in South Africa, trying to get all the information we could. Will it turn out that this is a virus for which our current vaccines don't provide protection? That's the big question. We'll know that in about two or three weeks, a combination of lab studies and field studies. But there's reason to be pretty optimistic here. All of the other variants that have emerged during this COVID-19 pandemic have shown response to the vaccine, including Delta. Yeah. I'll let you take that And one. that old, nice, grandfatherly thing. Listen, the we won't know for a while. That's the biggest fake news there. If, we're, if we are dealing with, after two years of this, after two years, that, that's an answer for back then. Here, you know how we, we, we know if this thing is really bad? It's, it, it's not, there's going to be bodies in the streets quickly. The hospitals are going to be filling up quickly. I don't, he acts like every time we got to start all over again on this thing. Either it's Captain Trips or based on science as we've known it for hundreds of years, we're going to know pretty quickly. And it's not going to be about all your labs and all that. How are people doing? We, living out in the open. Breathing the free air. How, are, they getting si uh, are, are they getting sick in a way that we really do have to shut things down, which was never the case? This is the, the, the buying the time thing. It's always we need some time to figure out how we are going to build the Rube Goldberg machine this time that's going to scare the hell out of you. That's what that means. We'll start with what I just talked about a couple of minutes ago. This was first detected a year ago, but Francis Collins, apparently, if you believe him, has only heard about it for five days. And God bless him. What a hero. Taking calls over the Thanksgiving weekend. I think that's the way we're supposed to, to respond to that part. Also, within, contained within that, uh, we know that uh, every variant responds well to the vaccine, even the Delta variant. Correct. Which is why in, in Israel right now, you're not uh, fully vaccinated if you have two shots. You're fully vaccinated now if you have three shots. And you're a second-class citizen now if you're not fully vaccinated. Rochelle Walensky this morning said, you know, we're not changing the, 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 the definition of fully vaccinated yet. Just give it some time. But yes, Dr. Collins, yes, uh, all of the vaccines have shown a, a great deal of response to these, to these variants. Which is why, which is exactly why we're seeing new, uh, new variants and, and all these breakthrough cases. And, and you're not fully vaccinated unless you've had three, four, five, 666 boosters. Yes, yes, that's, that's, that's right on the money.
and remember, going back to what you said, Aaron, the ver- we've known this variant. I mean, they're lying about that it's uh, uh, not very uh, serious, even though they've said it down there. But they're lying about the fact that this has this. We've known it's been around for a while. It's again, they're they're pretending like we just found this and and it just arrived and before it wasn't here. And if we don't do something and if we're not really careful, it's all it's the already exact here. same scam yeah. that got us two years ago are we gonna fall for it for a third fourth fifth time it's funny that was the that was like the first question dan bongino just asked me on Mm. his radio show a minute ago how many more times are we gonna let them re-rack this as many times as we let them get away with it That, that that i mean this has been the greatest acquisition of power and control everything that this that that these regressives that's really what they are, trying to return Western civilization to a pre-Judeo-Christian understanding of the world, pre-Western civilization. All right, this is why I use the term paganism sometimes. These regressives will use, this is the greatest opportunity they've had to actually deploy what they have theorized in our colleges and in our uh, government schools for decades now. They're getting to actually utilize it. I think for a long time we thought people can believe this stuff, but they would never do it. Uh, yeah, they would. Mm-hmm. And and now, you know, pardon the book plug, but that's why the name of the book is Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Do It Much Longer. We got to stop theorizing now and yeah. start doing what we believe in order. That's the antidote to this is for us to not just keep this as practice or or just as theory and, and esoteric rambling, but as actual practice to put it to, to deploy it as a belief system, as the antidote to their infection. That's. That would be an actual vaccine that works here with um, long-lasting efficacy. All right, before we finish up here with fake news or not, I want to tell you about our friends at Patri Mobile because if you've got an opportunity to do business with somebody that isn't trying to end your way of life, it doesn't exist a lot in today's corporate America, unfortunately. But one of the options we have is with something almost all of us have, and that's a mobile phone. That's why our family finally decided to bite the bullet. We paid off what we owed T-Mobile for the for previous phone purchases in order to stop giving them our money and give it instead to Patriot Mobile. I've noticed no difference in signal uh, upgraded to a new phone. Uh, it wasn't a, it, the big hassle that I anticipated uh, and it wasn't for the rest of the family either. And if you want to make the switch to T-Mobile, I'm sorry, to Patriot Mobile from a place like T-Mobile, uh, but to Patriot Mobile, the only conservative pro-America mobile phone company out there, get a free month of service with the offer code Steve to get you started. That deal is available until December the 5th, a free month of service with the offer code Steve to get you started up until December the 5th right now when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. All right, we got two more of these left? Correct. All right. Feelings over facts from of all places, CNN. Right, and that, that's what I mean about feelings over facts. It's completely understandable that people go with those feelings, even if the facts show us a rebounding re- economy. If people don't feel it and see it themselves, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't give anybody credit for it. We're just totally over. And you guys know, and I think I've said this on the show publicly. I have shown an immense amount of restraint where Brian Stelter is concerned, because he did have me on his show and treated me graciously. And I'm really trying to honor that whole love your neighbor as you love yourself thing, right? But I, this one I could not ignore when I picked this clip, guys. I'm sorry. We're denying evidence of an economic recovery. The Biden administration just admitted this morning 
that the current inflation issues will be a lingering problem well into next year. Fake news or not? Well, while you were gone, we talked about liar supreme uh, Jen Psaki. Here, the same. It, it, it didn't matter what he said. He was lying about it. The, and again, the lie is the point these days. They have been waiting to chip away for a long time until they got all their pieces in place and enough people in the various positions of power, the march through the institutions, were that they could simply propagandize as others have before. They know it works, and that's why they do it. The lie is the point, and it doesn't... The more brazen, the better, because he says it so confidently. How could it be a lie? And you, we've all met those kinds of people. There's the, the, the sheep are everywhere. They are stuck in the need to believe that it can't possibly be as bad as it is. And they believe it all the more. It's on steroids now because of how comfortable we are. Mm-hmm. I think that's the irony. When we had less throughout human history and all we had was our lives, you know, it seemed like then we would be more likely to be uh, docile and just here on that. Now that we actually have more. More, you'd think we would draw the line in the stand beyond our lives. The the comfort, the comfort is an addiction, though, that has just made us more sheepish than ever. It's kind of counterintuitive in some ways, but it's true. It's why it's why it's not a super spreader event when 110,000 people storm the field in Michigan after we beat Ohio State, despite the fact Michigan has the worst case rate in the country right now. It's it, it it's because they figured out last year we took too many things away and people damn near just revolted. Okay, so this is what you're talking about. It's it's why they've postponed trying to enforce the mandate that keeps losing in court until after the holidays because they know trying to enforce it right now would cause a revolt. So let's re, re, let's enforce it in January when most when people might be paying even less attention. All of this has been about trying to ca- calculate what level of comfort gets us to essentially simmer down. That's been part of the calculus all along. Mm -hmm. All right, we've got one more. Aaron, you get to answer this one, and we go back from where we began. Putting up a picture of one of your sneakers on the screen here. Tell us what this is. What's what's on there? Uh, I cannot see the picture right now, but if you tell me what it is, I will tell you the story about it. It says, one says, free something. My eyes are bad. So, free the Uyghurs. Stop genocide. Yes. Yep. Uh, well, obviously, uh, you know, you know, someone had to do it. I'll be honest with you. There are so many, you know, athletes, so many actors, so many celebrities out there who are scared because if they criticize China, obviously they will be affected. You know, their endorsement deals, their um, contract or their you know their money will be affected and they're scared to say anything but to me you know human rights democracy and freedom is way more important than everything they can offer me you know morals values and principles are the most important thing in life so to me i wanted to stand up for my muslim brothers and sisters who are in you know concentration camps are getting tortured and raped every day and i don't care whoever said which organization or which company I don't care about any of that. I care about to be the voice of all those innocent people out there who don't have a voice. So that is not fake news. I actually had 
uh, Ines Cantor Freedoms video where he became a U.S. citizen and changed his name, his last name, his surname, to Cantus Freedom. And he's a big-time NBA player. I think he's a starter for the Boston Celtics. He was until he started speaking out. Exactly. Now he rides the bench despite mm-hmm. averaging a double-double last year. Yep. Yeah. So uh, good for him. Good on him. And guys, who would have thunk, who would have thunk this time last year, maybe uh, last summer even, that the NBA, we would be talking more positively more often about NBA players than we would about, I don't know, fill-in-the-blank other group. Who would have thought that we'd be saying anything positive about NBA players at all? But it seems like they've had a pretty, at least a few of them have had a pretty good run. Even those who disagree with us on a lot of other things, uh, good on Ines Cantor Freedom. Amen. I like that guy. Yeah. I do. I mean, I might... I, might get I know, I know he's got times. some views, particularly on Islam, that I don't agree with. But I'd like to just, I want to sit down, I want to debate, I want to discuss those kinds of things with him because he seems like somebody that would be willing to have yeah. those conversations. I like him. I think he's got some balls, too. Uh, Pop Culture Tuesday is next. Hey, if you're a dog owner, then you know we've been talking about Rough Greens for quite a while now on the show. It is the supplement powder that you sprinkle in with your pet's food. And with that one simple act, you have likely restored the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that were stripped out of your pet's food before the food ever left the factory. For the same reason they do it with the people food. Because, you know, that that makes it, you know, fresher, lesser. Uh, they want longer shelf life for mass distribution and consumption. And that's why we as people buy so many supplements these days. And now there's a supplement for your pet. But maybe you're wondering, hey, what if my pet doesn't like it? One way to find out is if we give you that first 14-day jumpstart bag for free. It's on us. You'll pay for the shipping. So you have some skin in the game here, all right? If we just send you a bunch of free stuff, a lot of times you put that on the counter and never try it. It's the whole Peladon effect. They tried selling those things for a few hundred bucks. Nobody bought it. Started selling them for a couple grand. Now everybody bought, is buying one, okay? Because now it seems like it's like actually works. It's for real. It's legit. All right, so we're going to do that. All right, we're still going to pick up the biggest tab here with the free bag. But we do want you to be somewhat invested in it here when you go to roughgreens.com to get that free 14-day jumpstart bag today. Roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F is how they spell it, or just give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Our dog, Cat, by the way, loves this stuff. And we know that a lot of you love this. Nothing brings back warm Christmas memories like the songs and carols you love. And only Pericarditis and his MRNAs have all your favorite holiday songs in one non-random controlled study. It's beginning to look a lot like a Vax Pass to get into anywhere you go. From inspiring hymns like Oh, holy spike the protein bloodstream traveling because they lied and it don't stay in your arm. Oh, little town of Wuhan, we can't believe you lied. You're run by creeps who should be put to sleep. 
Those bats, they don't live nearby. Two traditional Christmas classics such as The twelfth decade of lockdowns My true lords gave to me Absolutely freaking nothing I've been home since Christmas You can zoom with me. Said your kidneys to the people far and near. Do you fear remdesivir? Then there's those funny novelty songs to lighten the mood. Grandma got run over by a Cuomo. He left her to die in an infected nursing home. I really can't stay. Maybe it's COVID stand. I really must go. Can't baby it's COVID stand. I saw mommy masking Santa Claus because the CDC said so last night. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell palsy. If you dare get that booster, then you sure are ballsy. And of course, we remember the reason for the season. Ouchie, did you know that your virus would someday wreck the world? Fauci, did you know that your science doesn't know what's a boy or a girl? It came upon Anthony Fauci, a sulfuric presence of old. From demons deep within the earth, who knew that his soul was sold? But that's not all. This collection has so much more to offer, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Redfield, All I Want for Christmas is My Fifth Vaccine, Deck Rochelle with Facts and Data, Whitmer Wonderland, Little Jabber Boy, Have Yourself a Little Waning Efficacy, Happy Christmas, This is Never Over, and more. All this can be yours for a high, high price we can't name yet because inflation, but don't let that stop you from this once-in-a-lifetime collection. Call now at 1-900-666-VAX to order. Only available while supply chains last. Must be double-masked when you call. Again, that's 1-900-666-VAXX. Is it okay to be high on your own supply? Oh, sure. I can't stop watching that. I freaking love it. (laughs) The only thing, I wish we had... You know, like that when they show the actual recording session, if they videotape you while oh, doing oh, it. Oh no! Uh, we, you usually, know, it's funny. So, we did it in about fifteen minutes. See, usually when I when I'm just recording audio, here's what I I, I just record that. When I just record, just a loop like that. I don't record myself on video at all. When Steve was recording that, it was just black, just nothing, just nothing, just to make sure. It took about fifteen twenty minutes to record, and and and. It's because about 15 minutes of that, I couldn't stop laughing, <laughs> trying to actually belt these lyrics out. And I wrote them, so I knew it was coming. I couldn't stop laughing. And so we had to do several takes just because I just, I, just saying these things out loud, just I, I couldn't stop laughing. So I found myself funny. Uh, hopefully the rest of you did as well. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, brought to you by Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you want to uh, escape to or from a certain place in COVID standard, maybe you just got to move. Make sure you don't go into the real estate market during these 
unprecedented times Bing. without a real estate agent that you can trust, someone that you can trust to come in, take charge of your situation while also acknowledging, though, that ultimately you are the one in charge here, that they work for you, not you for them. And then also someone that has a proven confirmed track record of success that doesn't just talk a good game but delivers the desired results where would you find that kind of an agent well the name says it all head over to this website realestateagentsitrust.com again that's realestateagentsitrust.com all right let's get to pop culture tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism and i saw a movie over the weekend in fact i liked it so much i'm going back to see it again later today Hmm. actually um Ghostbusters Afterlife. This movie actually has some very conservative themes to the film. Um, this is a, this is an attempt. Well, first of all, they tell you right from the outset that the movie, the the that the and the and the filmmakers say this movie is about um, honoring dads and a family legacy. How much the Reitman families, the Reitman family, and oh gosh, uh, the Ramis family. Almost forgot Egon's actual name there. Uh, how much the Ramis and Reitman families just cherish the the original movie, just as families that their families got to be a part of making and directing and starring in it, and it's just been appreciated by future generations uh, of the Reitman and Ramis families. They just cherish and love these films. But, of course, Harold Ramis died several years ago, so they wanted to go back and kind of close the loop on this and and do a last send-off. And it's unsaid, but it's clearly an attempt to undo the damage of the disastrous Lady Ghostbusters movie that flopped a few years ago. And it's not that bad. It just had no point to it, other than it's a clear contrivance of, well, you know, uh, another female empowerment storyline, right? Um, with this film... I mean, the main themes of this movie are um, family, uh, forgiveness. Um, it, it's 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 just it's very charming. It's it's a cross between. Well, there's a Goonies aspect to it for sure. Um, it, it, there's without they don't cuss nearly as much as the Goonies did, uh, but uh, it's very it's kind of a cross between the Goonies and the original Ghostbusters. Um, the world building in the first act takes a little too long, I think. But every single character in this movie is likable, so it doesn't bother you that much. All right, who's the guy from um, uh, Stranger Things? Wolfhard, what's his name that's in Stranger Things? I just know his name's Mike in Stranger Things. Yes, the yeah, kid, yeah. Okay. He, even his like annoying teenager, okay, <clears throat> even has like endearing qualities. He's got a crush on the girl at the drive-in. Everybody is very likable. Okay, everybody's so even though it takes some time to get this thing going while they're world building for like 45 minutes and you're like, could this maybe have been 25 minutes instead? Everybody's so likable. And if, and if there's anything that Paul Rudd is, it is likable. Dude, like his own, his cologne, yours would be smug, right? His would be likable. And he, he's just impossible not to like. I kind of wonder if that guy is just a total douche behind closed doors. No, I'm, okay, I've because he's it. just who can be this? He cannot be this likable in real life, I'm too. Pretty sure that's actually okay. Because I mean, the guy is just is the when was the last time that a guy was just perpetually this likable, like in everything? Okay, but he 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 is in the Rick Moranis role this time as the 
the guy with the crush who kind of gets caught up in the middle of it, okay? Uh, so he's in the Rick Moranis role. This is a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2 They and, and the first two. They go back to kind of close the loop on that. And one of the reasons I'm going to see it again tonight, I had no idea there were after credit scenes. No one told us. And, you know, we just kind of thought it was a Marvel thing. I had no idea that it was in the Ghostbusters thing too. So I'm going to go back and see it again because I want to see the after credit scenes. But uh, there's a lot here about family, about fathers, the importance of fathers. Um, uh, the mother in the film is a lost soul, thinks that her her dad, Egon, uh, basically deserted her as a little girl without any idea why. And she ended up, you know, not marrying a good guy as a lot of women that come from broken homes tend to do, right? And, it, and now she's a single mom and they're evicted from their apartment and they've been left this house as an inheritance out in the middle of nowhere where they're crazed where her crazed dad basically deserted them as a family. And that aspect is, is, is resolved in a very emotional, um, heart touching manner. The movie is just, you know what? Like Paul Rudd, the movie's very likable. It's very likable. It has a very affirming message I don't think I'm spoiling anything at this point. The original Ghostbusters get their cameo, and it is... Are it, they all in it? Yes, and it's exceedingly well done how they are in it. They're in it for the exact right amount of time, okay? And, I mean, to see them in the costumes and everything again, great fan service there. Uh, I think I mentioned yesterday on the show, you know, Dan Aykroyd's gotten noticeably more politically conservative uh, in the last decade or two of his life even throws in, there's even a throw in line, you know, about, you know, well, you know, back in those days, uh, we had Reagan as president, we were prosperous and a lot more idealistic. So the way that this is played is that the Ghostbusters are in this world, we're real. And you can actually go on YouTube and find old clips about what happened with the Manhattan ghost in the 80s. But these kids are now, they don't know any of this. They, they don't know any of this history or anything at all, right? Okay. And then after Ghostbusters 2, like ghosts like went away, okay? And so, like, then the Ghostbusters went away. And so you learn why. You learn what Egon was really tracking and what was really going on. It's just, it's it's really, really well done. I, I would highly recommend it. It's not like an Academy Award winner or anything of that nature. But if you're looking for, there's infrequent profanity. Otherwise, the PG-13 is for what I would say would be... Um, a more teenager haunted mansion level of terror, okay? If you're looking for something that's a that's fairly mainstream with a good message and will give you nostalgia if you're our age or older and you remember the originals, you could do a lot worse than this. We I we Amy and I really enjoyed it. I did not get to take Zoe to it on a daddy-daughter date. That's the other reason I'm going to see it again cuz she really wants to see it cuz like Paul Rudd is like, you know, she th he th she thinks he's the sun, moon, and stars right now, even though he's like she 40 realizes years. He's our age. Yeah, I keep telling her that, okay? And she she's like, no, you just seem older. <laughs> she keeps telling me that. <laughs> All right. So uh, highly recommended and very enjoyable. Any thoughts? Well, that along with uh, the, um, I really want to go see the uh, the King Richard about the yes. Williams because the yeah. same I get the same thing. I get the same vibe that from that too. It's yeah. it's a it's not a politically conservative, but it's a conservative movie. It's about dads and yep. daughters and family and what it takes to succeed. So I'm encouraged that maybe, like I said, don't return to normal because normal sucked. I I would like to go back to a movie theater and just see a good movie. 
Yeah, I think I, first of all, Will Smith and it just dominates in those trailers for King Richard. I'm I have yeah, that is on my list of things to see here. That would be more of your classical if it's, you know, award sort of a kind of a movie this time of year. But I agree with you. I think that that looks like a very compelling but film. But both these movies seem to intend to want to make you feel good and purposeful at the end. Yes. Not every movie needs to be that, but a lot more do. I, I, I agree. And it it's kind of serendipitous that Aykroyd threw in the direct reference to the, the Reagan 80s in the film because... This film does kind of have, that's, you know, like I said, a cross between Goonies and the original Ghostbusters. It it does kind of have that level of idealism again, you know, that that even amidst here's a single mom with two two teenage kids or one is about to be a teenager. And one is uh, it does, you know, and, and evicted from her apartment. And yet it still doesn't come across as that's pretty stressful, traumatic circumstance, right? Yet there, it, no one's lost their sense of humor. No one's lost like the, a regard for what the ultimate purposes and reasons for being are. It, it it doesn't embrace nihilism or cynicism really on any level whatsoever. Amen. All right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here today? We've got about uh, two minutes. I have not seen the original Ghostbusters or Goonies. <laughs> well, it's not your generation, man. Oh, thank you. I thought I was going to get a rise out no, of No, it's not your you. generation. Oh, I totally you. get it. I'm I totally finally, get it. Finally getting some slack here. Rudy's different in that Rudy is like a rite of male passage. Okay. Fair? Oh, yeah. Rudy's different. But those are definitely because, period pieces for sure. And to prove your point, like my, my wife is just like, thinks Rudy's a putz. Yeah. But I think that makes our point, you don't understand. You just, you don't get it. Yeah, you don't get it. Especially if you had a chance to interview the original Rudy a few times, as I did earlier in my career. And- you get to know him, you know, up close and personal, then it really hits home. But that movie is just an homage to masculine legacy and tradition. It's it's five it's, foot nothing, yeah, hundred and nothing with lots of athletic talent. It's it's Rocky in a college football yeah. setting, basically, is yeah. what it is. But these are period pieces. A couple, a few years ago, they did a anniversary edition of Ghostbusters and they remastered it and put it out in theaters. And Amy and I thought it'd be fun to go see it on a date night, you know, and see it in the theaters like we did when we were kids. And even we were like, man, this looks pretty dated compared to, you know, the, the, when they make these kinds of movies nowadays, right? All right, for the overtime, there's been a lot of bad polling data for Joe Biden. But we're going to describe and explain why this particular polling data is the worst yet. We'll get into that for our Blaze TV subscribers. Later today, you'll be able to download it. We're going to tape it for you right now. You'll be able to download it later today at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.